Welcome to the media ministry of Crossroads Church Aspen. To learn more about Crossroads, visit our website at ccaspen.com. We hope you enjoyed this message by Pastor Steve Woodrow. All right, good morning, everyone. Hope you are well this morning. Thanks, Davey, again, Derek, for leading us. That is great. We're going to get set up here. Um, hope you all are have your coffee and are gathered up um, in your homes together, or you might just be watching alone. I want to just... Uh, kind of give a little preview for where we, where we want to go in the, in, in the week ahead, starting next week. I want to just start you thinking about um, gathering with a few others. So I uh, just want to encourage you to pray about um, inviting another family to join you, some single adults to join you, just some friends together in small groups to have a brunch together on Sundays and, and watch online and worship together. Let's start, as things start opening up, Let's just track along with everybody, and, and let's, uh, let's start gathering in smaller groups and just tuning in online and just getting some fellowship um, with each other. It's going to be important, right, during these times to start uh, uh, getting that, that touch and that community, that family feel back again um, as, God's, as God's people as we gather together to worship. So that's coming. Um, got a couple of quick things to talk about. Just want to thank you for those of you who have, a lot of you have sent in ideas for the People series that's coming up. Uh, it's your series. We want to hear what you want to hear about, and we want to address those things. Um, so please keep those coming in. We've got some great, great questions, and I think what we'll do is we'll just take one of those questions each week. And we might have a little mini-series in there. A lot of people have asked about prophecy and revelation. We might throw a little mini-series in there on some of those, answering some of those questions. But we uh, have some great questions. Please keep sending those in. Um, that is wonderful. Also, starting next Sunday... Mother's Day, we're launching our desert series, which Brian and I and Derek had a chance to go to the desert. Uh, man, bro, I, this, this guy right here, what uh, amazing gifts. I tell you, I can't wait for you to see what, uh, what he has produced or filmed or whatever you call it, but uh, the drone shots and everything, it's going to be just a, we're super excited to just share this whole desert series um, with you. It'll be three weeks, roughly. Uh, in May. We'll still be here live interacting with you, but we've, we'll uh, be cutting to the, the stuff that we uh, filmed out there in the desert. Um, it's going to be awesome. Looking forward to that for sure. Finally, um, this morning, right now, we are concluding our series in Jonah. Uh, it's been a great series. Uh, we were in Jonah before all this coronavirus pandemic, and I think it, what an what amazing place to be um, during, this, uh, during this time. And to just want to encourage you again, you see the number on the screen again to interact with us. We're super excited. We have Dan Kale from Trailhead Counseling with us this morning. You know Dan, and uh, we'll bring him up after share some testimony and also just uh, uh, providing some amazing ministry for, that uh, hopefully you'll, you will take advantage of here as well. Anything, Brian, from your side as far as connecting? Yeah, uh, and just want to to say that Dan Kale is going to come up and he's going to share some amazing stuff. And if anything resonates with you at all, uh, you can text into that number that's on the screen, uh, the 970-717-0087 um, at any time. And uh, if you want to direct a question directly to him, he's going to take some time after service to respond uh, to make sure that you know he, he can uh, personally answer those. Um, but that number is open all service uh, just for any general questions, comments, prayer requests. Absolutely. And we like to interact. We, you know, we don't like the empty building. We want you here. Yeah. Uh, but 
since you're not here, we yeah. want to hear from you. Right. So text in those questions, comments, whatever it is, and we'll interact with those during service. Um, and if it's your first time watching with us, you know, we want to continue to bring you uh, information, broadcast, uh, do the best that we can. And the, yeah. the way that we're doing that right now is through YouTube. Yeah. Uh, and if this is your first time, it actually helps us a lot if you hit the subscribe button. I think it's like down there somewhere. <laughs> if it's red, that means you haven't subscribed yet. Um, and if that's too much trouble, don't worry. We're just glad you're here to join us. Uh, we're just here to, to bring awesome. you the word. And that number, I think you said that the 970 text number is open all week long. But please take advantage of that during these times because we do want to interact with you uh, and share testimonies, questions, address as much as we can. But we'll also be addressing those throughout the week um, if we don't get to it here on Sunday morning. Excellent. Anything else, Brian, from your end? No, uh, we had one comment come in that said when I was checking your mic, it looked like I was checking out your backside. So oh, yeah. uh, I apologize for that. Yeah, yeah. I was looking at his mic pack. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, thanks, Dan, for Glad that letting you, us know. We have sense of humor here that you all yeah. are uh, <laughs> paying attention to what needs to be paid attention to. Um, awesome. Hey, uh, gang, let me just pray for us, and we're going to get into um, Jonah chapter 4. I hope that you, again, have your Bibles, your journals. Um, as we always say around here, especially in this time, it's time to get back to paper. There's a reason why Jesus came when he did, not in the digital age. Uh, we, we, for us to focus and have our attention on the things of God, we need to do that without distraction. So I just encourage you to try that. Get that paper Bible. If you have your iPad and, or whatever, no worries. There's grace abounds. But I hope you're ready to hear the word of God and for God to speak to you, to all of us here this morning as we're gathered together. Um, with the hope of coming all together physically again real soon. And we'll keep you updated on our plans for that moving into later May and June um, as well. Father, thank you for this morning. Lord, I just pray right now your spirit into every household uh, that is tuned in right now. Lord, I, I just pray your overwhelming manifest presence with us, God. Lord, you are with us. You desire to work among us and to, and to be with us in fellowship, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Lord, I pray for all those out there needing, desperately needing a touch from you this morning, desperately needing, Lord, just to, to have some peace in their life. Lord, I pray your peace into every household this morning that's tuning in, God. I pray for an awakening in all of our hearts, Lord, of spiritual sensitivity, an awakening our eyes, our hearts, Lord, to you and to what you're doing and in embracing, Lord, of your ways and awaiting and trusting in you, God. Thank you for this season in the book of Jonah. Lord, I pray that these seeds will continue to flourish and bear great fruit. Speak to us now, Lord, through your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So I think one word that seems to be lingering and really defining these times is uncertainty. Uh, all pretty much across the board, whether it be politically, medically, economically, socially, just go down the list, spiritually, emotionally, uh, uncertainty seems to be the word that is defining these times and defining 
our, 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 our situation that we're in and we're grasping for, for things. You can just see this with this whole moving into reopening again. There's just so much uncertainty of, are we doing it right? Have we done it wrong? And, and uh, every model out there has been wrong. It, there's just this uncertainty of these times. It seems like God in some ways is just kind of veiling some things for this season for us to linger in this times of uncertainty to awaken right certain things in our hearts and so this morning as we close out the book of Jonah chapter 4 there's three things I want us to pull out of this chapter uh, and talk about this morning things that are absolutely certain three things three handles that we can hold on to in these uncertain times that we can absolutely hold on to and be encouraged by uh, the first one of these is God is in the details let's not miss it God is in the details this is critical for us to learn and hold on to and for us not to miss during these times second one is boy during these times something that is certain is God's heart and compassion for the lost his deep deep love and, and desire that all men would come to know him and this heart should be what's resonating in the hearts of his people during this time and we can't miss that during this time and the final one is just God's compassion and his patience oh his patience with us with this world and with each of us personally and his deep compassion as we're going to see these are the things that need that we need to restore hold on to as as strong certainties in these times of great uncertainty so let me just dive in if you have your bibles jonah chapter four i'm going to read the chapter and we'll dive in on these things this morning here we go but it displeased Jonah exceedingly, and he was angry, and he prayed to the Lord. Now, again, I just want to stop and give a little background for those of you, if you're just joining us in this Jonah series. Jonah is a minor prophet. There's 12 minor prophets in the Old Testament in the Bible. Jonah is one of these. It's only four chapters long. Uh, it's an amazing, powerful little story. Jonah's a prophet of God. He's the only prophet we know in the scripture who, when God called him, he ran from God. God called him to take a, a message of judgment to the Ninevites, the arch enemy of Israel, in hopes that that Nineveh would repent and turn and that's exactly what happened after Jonah ran and after God chased him down with a storm and a fish experience and spitting back out on the shore second chance coming getting Jonah back online with the call of God and Jonah brings the message to Nineveh and to the shock of, of everyone Nineveh this large city that was uh, arch enemies of Israel pagans far from God as we're going to see it describes them as people who didn't know the right hand from their left they were ignorant about God pagans and didn't understand the ways of God and and God showered his mercy on them. They repented, and, and a radical revival took place. But Jonah, the story, tracks Jonah's heart that was hard, that was missing something. He was dead set on, on um, seeing these people come under God's judgment because they were the enemies of his own people rather than get the heart of God, the compassion of God for the lost in the world. And so that's where we pick up here in chapter 4 is that Jonah's brought the message Nineveh has repented and Jonah just can't celebrate with them 
And this displeased Jonah. And Jonah cries out to the Lord and says, Oh Lord, um, is this not what I said when I was yet in my country? That is why I made haste to flee to Tarshish. For I knew that you are a gracious God, merciful, slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love, and relenting from disaster. In other words, Jonah knew the heart of God. Jonah knew that God had mercy and grace. He'd seen it over his own people. But he was unwilling to, for God's favor, for God's blessing to be um, shown upon these people who he saw as his enemies. Verse 3, therefore now, O Lord, please take my life from me, for it is better for me to die than to live. Jonah is in a bad, bad place. He is in a hardened heart situation, and God is just surgically, as we're going to see, going to just, with a scalpel, go deep into Jonah's heart and to, uh, so that he might uh, also awaken Jonah to his heart. Verse 4, and the Lord said, do you do well to be angry? Jonah, what right? What, what right do you have to be angry? Verse 5, Jonah went out of the city, sat to the east of the city, and made a booth for himself there. He sat under it in the shade until he should see what became of the city. And the Lord God appointed a plant and made it come up over Jonah. It was a big plant that it might be a shade over his head to save him from his discomfort. And so Jonah was exceedingly glad because of the plant. This is the happiest, the most joyful we see Jonah in this entire book. This is key. We'll come back to that. Verse 7. But when dawn came up the next day, God appointed a worm that attacked the plant so that it withered. And when the sun rose, God appointed a scorching east wind and the sun beat down on the head of Jonah so that he was faint. God is using that scalpel trying to get below the surface to Jonah's heart. And he asked uh, that he might, Jonah asked again that he might die and said, it is better for me to die than to live. Jonah is hardened. He's rooted into his own idea and his own ways about how God should respond to the Ninevites. Verse 9, but God said to Jonah, do you do well to be angry for the plant? And he said, yes, this is Jonah. I do well to be angry, angry enough to die. It's the only time and the first time we see Jonah responding to God's questions. With anger and a hardened heart. He wasn't getting, he was missing it. And the Lord said, you pity the plant for which you did not labor? Nor did you make it grow, which came into being in a night and perished in a night? And should not I pity Nineveh, that great city in which there are more than 120,000 persons who do not know their right hand from their left and also much cattle among them? And that's how the book ends. It leaves us in this tension, in this place of, of wondering, well, what is, what is Jonah going to do? And how is God going to respond to Jonah's either non-response or Jonah's response? Let me just say here before we get into it, I think we do know how Jonah responded. And why I say this, because we have the book in the, in, in the Bible here, is somebody had to tell this story. And I think that eventually Jonah came to God and was broken and, and was repentant and, and used his testimony, his heart, heart as a radical testimony Jonah saw and I think was woke up to realize is, wow, I, I, 
I've responded just like my people, just like Israel has responded in the entire Old Testament. And Jonah gave this story, his testimony, right, as a message to his people of don't do what I do. Don't stay in the place of hardness that I stayed. Is he the compassion, the patience of God? And let the vast love of God for all nations, for all people, um, come and enlarge our hearts, right, for the plan and the mission of God right in the world. So with that said, let me dive in. We got anything, Brian? Before we, we further, okay. Um, and please, again, if there are, are questions you have since we're ending the series in Jonah this morning, if there's questions you have throughout this series that you feel haven't been answered or that have come up, shoot those in. Again, we'll answer them. If we don't get to them here during this time, I promise you we'll get to them. Uh, we'll directly send you an answer um, online to those questions and interact with you on this stuff. The first uh, thing up here. Again, we're just talking this morning in these times of uncertainty. Uh, we're holding on to these handles of what we can be certain of, things that we do not want to miss during these times. And the first one of these is God is in the details. Now, why is this so important to, to understand? This is critical for us to understand because in times of pressure, in times of uncertainty, in times of suffering, in times of, of confusion, is the temptation is to pull back from God. This is what Jonah did. He ran from God, went to Tarshish, tried to run from the presence of God. And when that happens, what happens uh, to faith is faith dies. Fear takes over. And what happens is we start to see God as removed. We start to see him as not with us, not for us and not in the details and not um, sovereignly moving things, working all things, even terrible things for ultimate good for those who love him and his purposes in this world. And that just moves us to a place of greater fear. It moves us to a place of greater uncertainty that takes hold rather than faith itself. And so we see in here all through this, through this book of Jonah, we see God is in the details. He's not, as I think some of us subtly fall into, and this is what can be a sign of a hardened heart, is, is, well, God doesn't care. He doesn't see me. He doesn't see what I'm going through. He doesn't see my struggles. He's not answering. He's being silent. He's not there. Um, and, and we start to kind of almost push God aside. When we see here that God was, he, not only did he come to Jonah with a message, but he says that God's the one who sent the storm to get Jonah's attention. John, God, uh, says that God appointed the fish. It wasn't some random thing. By the way, folks, there is nothing random in the world. Is When we use that language, it is, we're, we're, we're falling into this idea that things have just, God's kind of created things and he's kind of let it run. And uh, that, that's not the case. He did give us free will. And we do have a genuine, real decision to make. But God is bigger than that, than that decision. And that's why he's God. He's different than us. His ways are higher than our ways. We just don't understand that. But we have to hold on to his sovereignty. It is an anchor for our soul, especially in times of uncertainty, that we might not understand. We might be uncertain, but we are certain that God, nothing surprises him. And we see through this book that God not only appointed the storm, God appointed the fish. And God appointed the amount of time that Jonah was in the fish. God appointed Jonah's sustenance in the fish. God appointed the right time for the fish to spit Jonah out onto the shore. And that God came, as we just read, and he appointed the plant to come as a sign of, uh, of for Jonah. And we see Jonah's wrong response. We'll get to that here in a minute. But we see that God appointed a worm the next day to destroy the 
plant as a sign of judgment if there isn't a, a right response. And then we see God appoints a wind, an east wind, to beat down on Jonah. In other words, God is using this scalpel. He's trying through outward circumstances, right, to get an inward heart change in his people. And this is what we're to look at. During these coronavirus days and this pandemic and shelter in place and all this, this uncertainty is this is used. That God is in the details of all this. And when it comes to things that are evil and wrong is God doesn't, that's not from his heart, but he's allowed it again because of free will. And so when man's free will causes evil all evil is caused by either the spiritual realm the evil devil and his demons will that is imposed and influenced in this world and ultimately it's by our free will that has gone away from God that is the cause and the root of all evil in the world God is sovereign and big enough even in the midst of our choices that are wrong like we see even Jonah's choices that were wrong and sinful is that God uses those this is Romans 8 all uses all those things for good for his purposes in the world we can be absolutely certain about that and folks what does this do this whole series is about trusting god and why is this important when it comes to to, to hold on to lord you're in the details is that we must hold on to right the fact I, you can't trust god if we don't believe he's in the details if we believe he's removed and he's not involved, then it's in pot. trust gets eroded. And as trust gets eroded, my relationship with God gets eroded, right? My, my faith, my, my trust, my, my peace of God, all the fruits of the Spirit are eroded. If I start to believe that God is removed, he's silent, he's not involved, he's not caring, he's, he doesn't have a plan, he's not going to move all this towards his, his larger plan. So this is the first handle we need to hold on to. God's in the details. And so as we look at our own personal lives, we need to realize, wow, God, you're at work. I might not understand it, but I, I realize I have to hold on. You are, and over and over again in the scripture, God, and, and even to Jonah here, he, he's saying to us loud and clear, I'm here, I'm with you, and the ultimate expression of that in history was the sending of his own son, Emmanuel, God with us. And then after that, God, the Father and Son sent forth the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, the Comforter, the paraclete, right? In scripture, the Greek word means he is with us. He is in us. He is here to comfort us and to open our eyes to all truth, to give us revelation about what God is doing in this, in this world throughout these times. He is with us. He is for us. And it's for those things that we can trust him and hold on to, realize uh, that he is in the details, all right? So that's the first one. Anything before I move to the second thing here this morning? Yeah, well, we kind of answered it, but a question came in is that if God can appoint the worm and the wind, uh, you know, when those times come, um, how do we respond practically? And I think you hit the nail on the head with the trusting God part. So I think that answered it, hopefully. Yeah. Uh, so what was the question? If God appoints can, Yeah, how do we respond? Yeah, I guess. okay. That we're, we're going to uh, hit that here, the next two, for sure. Great question. Hopefully, we'll, we'll answer that in more detail with these next two things. The, the second handle, folks, for us to hold on to in times of uncertainty that we can be absolutely certain about, and I'm going to spend the most time on this point because this is the point that has rocked me this week in a very personal way um, and, and convicted me deeply uh, to realize that more than I realize that I have a heart like Jonah um, when it comes to uh, missing the heart of God for the lost. Uh, and, and this is what is to happen in these times. 
is among God's people who have experienced the grace of God, have experienced the love, the boundless love of God, have experienced repentance before God and the forgiveness and blessing of new life and abundant life in Jesus, what is to happen among God's people ultimately is a heart that enlarges to the, with the heart of God in that and gets uh, uh, overwhelmed, not just concerned, but overwhelmed with anguish, deep, deep love for those who do not know God and a heart that starts interceding for the lost and interceding for those that God's love and grace would open their eyes, the power of the Spirit of God would open their eyes to see their Savior who loves them, who's died for them, and who longs for them, right, to come into, their, into his arms and be saved. So this, this second handle we can hold on to is God's heart to see the saved lost, an awakening among God's people of God's incredible love for the lost. And we see that here. We see Jonah's heart in opposition to God's heart. All through this, we see the sailors on the ship. These were pagans. They worshiped multiple gods, as we see. But we see because of God's <clears throat> coming after Jonah and, and trying to soften Jonah's heart, is we see in the midst of all that, God works, remember, all things, even in the midst of the storm that was about to take the sailors' lives and Jonah lives even in the midst of that storm what did God do God used that storm to open up those sailors lives they repented before God laid their gods aside and looked to the one and only God and were saved and worshiped him even as the prophet of God went overboard and was still running from God is that God's heart is to redeem all people um, and, and it's times the storms of life it's the COVID viruses of life. It's the pandemics in the world. It's the earthquakes and famines in the world that God uses that suffering, that brokenness of our fallen world to awaken people's hearts to come to him. And what he's, to, he, he's trying to do at the same time among those who do know him is to awaken our hearts again to realize how lost we were until God's grace was shown upon us and to get focused on on being in line with his heart, right, and sharing the good news uh, with others. So, what do we see, Jonah? Jonah, this is this is such a convicting, such a harsh example. Jonah is sitting up. He went through. He was obedient, but but grudgingly obedient to God. Went through Nineveh, preached. Unless you repent, forty days, this place is going to be judged, overturned. And he went through the town, and, and, and even though the people immediately repented, all the way up to the king, called a fast, and the whole place uh, had a revival breakout. Amazing. Jonah marches up. He's still pouting, gets up above the city, sets up a little shelter, and waits there in his, in his absolute hardened heart against the heart of God, and waits to hopefully see he wants to see destruction. All he's concerned about is his own viewpoint on things. His heart is hard, right? It's revealed... And, and we have this, this incredible little insight that says that, that God caused, and this is God at work now, God is bringing the scalpel because Jonah's, you see God's incredible patience with Jonah. And he causes this plant to rise up to bring shade. At first, it says that Jonah's exceedingly glad. And the Hebrew actually shows us that in, in the entire book, this is the happiest we've seen Jonah. What a terrible state. Jonah is consumed by his personal shelter, the personal blessing for God for his life, and he's completely missing out on the, um, having a heart for these people who were lost right, from, in God's redemption over them and his role in that. 
And we see, then God brings the worm. See, God's just, he's bringing that scalpel out. He's going deep into Jonah's heart here. And he brings a worm. And the worm comes and overnight destroys the plant. And, and we see what is Jonah, all this does, it, Jonah's heart is still hardening. He says, to the point of, of dying. In other words, he's going to have it out. He's going to go down with his hard heart. He's going to stay stuck in his ways and, and not, uh, uh, not repent and not turn back to God. Now, the idea of the worm is fascinating because the worm throughout uh, Scripture is a representation of the judgment of God. And we see the worm, Jesus in Mark 9, some of the strongest language that Jesus ever used in talking about hell and talking about the consequences of us keeping a hard heart, the consequences of us saying in our lives that I want to live life without God. And if I want to live without life in this life, then what I'm saying is I'm going to live without God for the rest of eternity, for the next life. And Jesus says in Mark 9, he says it very clearly. He says to reject God, to reject the plan, to keep a hard heart, to stay in that lost state, uh, is the result of that is, is God's judgment. Is, is we're separating ourselves from God. And Jesus defines that place. He defines that place without God as a place where the worm never dies and the fire is never quenched. Jesus, more than anyone, talks of the New Testament about the consequences of what it is what is going to come for those that do not repent, for those that do not come to God? Now, I want to stop here because some of you might be listening to that and you, you might be saying, oh, that's like hellfire and brimstone. That's like, no, that's what the gospel says. That's what Jesus says. We live in a culture today where even theologians, even people in church today say, oh, the God of the Old Testament is judgment, higher, you know, all that terrible stuff. And Jesus, we hear liberal theologians and others and many others talk about Jesus as, oh, but he's all love and care. Is they are completely false in their understanding of the scripture. Jesus, more than anyone else in the New Testament, was razor sharp clear the consequence of Jerusalem and of people that do not heed the grace of God, that do not heed his compassion, do not receive all of that. And if the church, if God's people miss that, the consequence of that, what we do is we weaken the grace of God. If we don't focus on that, it should motivate us to align with the heart of God for his compassion that all would turn to him. Is We're not going to be motivated. We're not going to have a, a, a compassion for, for people if we don't realize the radical consequences that, that, that for those that reject God in this life. And so the worm is a powerful image of God's judgment and the consequence of what happens when we focus on this world and our own comforts. And this is what the, the plant actually pictures for us in um, Jonah, is the plant pictures for us our creature comforts in, our, in this world, the things that we rejoice in that, that personally bless us rather than focusing on the larger picture of what is on God's heart. His heart is to reach people's souls, right, and to see them come to, to his love. And, and I'll just share personally this week, this is where I was radically convicted, was how many times during this time of pandemic sheltering that my mind clicks over to, oh, I just can't wait till things get back to, quote, normal, where I can, again, have this 
happen or, or a vacation or, a, or, or, you know, have coffee in town with people, whatever it may be, focusing on all of those things rather than on the mission of God, rather than on letting my heart align with God's heart that during these times is I need to have my heart enlarged for the heart of God, his love, his deep desire that these kind of things going on are there so that it would bring up pressure and move people right towards the heart of God. And God uses his own people to, to, to bring that good news right to others. And too many times I think we find ourselves just like Jonah. We're focused on our plant, our good things. And there's a whole city below us. There's a whole city out in front of us. There's a whole neighborhood out in front of us who, who are lost and, and it's defined here as those who don't know the right hand from their left. They might be the most intellectual people in the world, but they are blind spiritually to the love of God and the grace of God. And God calls us to boldly, lovingly engage others. And, and here's the deal is, yes, there's, there's the, most of what consumes us is, is you know, reaching out during these times. It's been awesome to see how many people care for one another, right? Whether it be food and, and blessing people, checking in on people um, you know, praying for, for all the, the things going on and, and serving and, and locking arms with the community to bring food and shelter and all these things to help one another. That's all critically important. But here's the deal, is that should never take precedent among God's people over the love and compassion that we should have from God's heart to our heart to engage people's souls. Ultimately, where are people's souls when it comes to God and who he is? And what Jesus has done for them, that is the handle, the certainty we know of is that God, he is compassionate, he is loving, and he desires all to come to know him. And there should be a sense of urgency, there should be a sense of, of anguish that takes over in God's people, especially during these times. The Hebrew word, and this is probably the, the most profound thing in here, when it, when in, in verse um, 11, when God says to Jonah at the close of the end of the book, he says, should, and should not I pity Nineveh, that great city? Those people who don't know the right hand from the left, they're, they're radical pagans. There is, a, it is an evil nation. They, historically, they were terrible folks. Should I not have pity? That Hebrew word is an incredible word of compassion, and it means, ultimately, eyes full of tears. Should I not have eyes full of tears? For these people that don't know me, Jonah, you're my prophet. You're to bring that love. You're to, to be among them, loving their souls, leading them to my heart. Should I not have eyes of tears? And folks, that was convicting to me. And I just ask you, those of you who are listening, who know Jesus, who know the love of God, is when was the last time you wept? I asked myself, when was the last time I came to tears? Because my neighbors, my city, people I know that come to my mind don't know the love of God. Don't know his love. Um, that is what is, is to get the heart of God. And this also is a picture of Jesus, right? The same idea of weeping. We see it here, the heart of God in the New Testament, how the, that's expressed when Jesus came in Jerusalem in the end and he saw the city. And so picture this as, as Jonah's, the, Jonah's reaction of overlooking Nineveh. Jonah had a hard heart. They, they deserve what they get. What did Jesus do? When he came in into this city, he overlooked Jerusalem. It says he wept. His eyes were full of tears. And he says he longed for them to come to God. But he told Jerusalem they had missed it. This is important to understand. There's a time 
that comes where we miss it. And Jesus told Jerusalem, you've missed it. You missed the time of your visitation. You missed the time when God showed up and we were to respond. And he wept. And we know that at that point, he prophesied over Jerusalem in 70 AD, it was destroyed. And folks, we don't need to miss this. And God uses his people, his church, to bring about his heart during this time of visitation where God wants to awaken hearts, right, and come to him. And so, folks, this handle here, God's heart, is to see the lost saved. We must, we must, right, get our hearts aligned with God's heart for the lost. Brian, you have something? Yeah, we have two good, really good questions that just came in. Yeah. Uh, the first one says, Jonah is looking down on people celebrating that they are saved physically and spiritually, yet Jonah is on the outside of the celebration, sitting in his own judgment and perceived mistakes of God. It's like the older brother and the prodigal son story. So the question is, how do we stay out of this pitfall? How do we wow. stay in the celebration? And how do wow. we stay excited to be the messenger? Fantastic. I hope everybody got that that was listening, right? The connections, we just see the consistent heart of God all through Scripture. Because God's overlooking Nineveh, longing, deep eyes full of tears, compassion for that the, the Ninevites would turn, would repent, would turn to God. And we see Jesus same way over Jerusalem, right? And, and Jesus tells the parable, right? Luke 15, and we see this is the point of the older son as the younger son repents, comes back home after running from God. And we see the father's radical embrace and reestablishing the younger son back into the house um, with salvation. Comes in the celebration, which we know goes on in heaven. That's God's heart, this joy of having people um, respond to this repentance. But you see the older son, and the older son is a perfect person. Uh, uh, you see this consistency of a hard heart, just like Jonah, and he wasn't willing to come in the celebration because he thought his younger son didn't deserve that kind of grace, and he earned it because he was self-righteous. Man, we see it's consistent, the heart of God, and so that's a great question. How do we keep ourselves from that? And... Um, Boy, I think that's a bigger question. I, I, I think there's only, I know in my own time this week of, of just, I think it begins with repentance. I know for me, it's just awareness. And, and you know, um, here, here's like what happens with me. I, I study the book of Jonah and I'm uh, inside, I'm going, you idiot. How self-righteous, Jonah. I, you, what are you thinking? Right? And then all of a sudden, it's like, here comes that razor of God is, wait a minute. Wait a minute. When was the last time you prayed tears over the lost? When was the last time you shared your faith with somebody? Are, are you really concerned for those around you in your community who don't know God? When was the last time you got out and, and shared my love with somebody? Yes, it's good. Share a meal. Yes, serve them. You know, pray for them. Whatever it is, that's great. But what about their soul? What about the most important thing in a person's life? When was the last time you did that? And so I think it begins with repentance and just all week long, I, I'm asking God, I think the day doesn't go by right now, Lord, I want to be a soul winner. God, I, I want to be one that's tied to your heart. I want to be one that's talking about what you've done for me and not take that for granted. And I want to be one that shares the goodness of God. I want to be one that is, is just all bold when it comes to the goodness of God. Lord, I don't want to. Paul, when he talked to the, uh, in the New Testament, he told the elders before he went right to his death, he says, look, I, I, I know, there's no blood on my hands. In every crowd, every situation, I was bold. I was open to communicate what God has done for me. And folks, that's how we should also be in our own lives. That's a phenomenal 
question. Man, yeah. let me just quickly wrap up with this. Uh, I want to get Dan up here. This last handle, folks, God's patience, his compassion. Boy, this is a handle we can hold onto here, and it's critical for our, uh, for our, our trust, right, in the, and to be able to trust God, to realize, man, he is compassionate. He, he is so patient uh, with us. Um, and look what he does. I, I look at this and, 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 you know, something inside my flesh wells up and I go, man, God, just get, you know, Jonah's done, man. Just chop him off, right? Go ahead and bring your judgment on Jonah. But look at the patience that God has with Jonah. The patience he had with Nineveh, but look at the patience. God continues to come after Jonah with the scalpel to his heart. He is patient for Jonah, right, to turn back to him. And uh, boy, I think our, this series, Trusting God, our trusting God, it is fortified. It is fortified. It is strengthened when our perspective is unified with the patience and the compassion of God to realize how patient God has been with us. Right? How patient he's been with us is that I used to be like the Ninevites. I used to be right, um, far from God. I used to be lost. I used to not know my right hand from my left. I used to just be fully into the things of the world and, and, and that God was patient with me and that God was gracious and compassionate with me and that at that time that I gave my life to Jesus is for me not to <clears throat> hold that uh, above others but to apply that same patience, that same compassion to people that have not right, met Jesus yet and to love them, intercede for them and pray for them, trusting that during these times that God's at work, he is doing, using all of this to draw his children right into his arms, into his loving arms. And uh, that, hopefully those three things, again, this morning, that we can hold on to. God's in the details. If we're going to trust him, we need to hold on to that and see that trust him. Secondly, we need to get God's heart, a revival when it comes to God's heart for the lost, that they would be saved. That needs to burn in our heart. And it, it starts with our own repentance. It starts with the overwhelming understanding of what God has done to save us. And finally, we just need to hold tightly during these times. God is compassionate. And man, is he patient with us. Patient. God, people, people are saying, man, is this the end times? Is coronavirus part of the end times? We're going to get to that in the people series a little bit. But let me just say is, yeah, all these are birth pains, but God is patient. He is patient. The scripture tells us right in First Timothy 2 that he desires all to come to know him. And, and the factor in all this is, is his church, his people going to rise up, right? And are we going to be those vessels of mercy and grace? Messengers, right, of the goodness of God, bold in dealing and addressing people at the soul level rather than just taking care of the outward needs but also boldly addressing right the soul needs of people so i hope we can hold on to those and those encourage us this morning um final thing i do want to say before bringing dan up is gang i, I think this this book ends right with this powerful idea that god is is is, is has asked jonah to respond and the book ends with with god waiting for a reply and I think where we can all take that is this morning, right now, everybody watching, God is saying something to you. He's saying something to all of us a little different. And it could be something that we're doing outside his will. It could be something that we're not doing. We know we need to be doing. But whatever it is, this morning, God, through the Holy Spirit, he is saying that. He's waiting for a response from me and from you. May we not miss that this morning to respond to what that is, to what God is, is saying to us. And not like Jonah, harden our heart and not respond, right, by faith. All right? Anything else?
Ryan, right now? Yeah, um, we had a few, but we can talk about those after you bring up Dan. Let's do it. Dan, come on up. So excited. And uh, Brian, if you'll just stay close by. So keep your questions coming in um, to, to talk with Dan about here as well as we interact. Uh, just text those things in and we'll, we'll get to those. Welcome, brother. Thank you. It's good Thanks to see you. Those of you who don't know Dan, Dan served with us uh, here um, uh, on our elder team and then was quickly uh, moved down Valley to join the elder team down at Glenwood Springs, the Crossroads Glenwood Church. Um, so excited. And also Dan heads up Trailhead Ministries. We're going to hear more about that. Super excited to, to let you know about some of the things that are, are happening through Dan's ministry. Um, bro, I'm just so excited to see how God's, I know you're going to share some testimony, but just to see how God has moved in your life and what he's done in your calling and developing a, a mighty ministry and vocation for you is, is pretty awesome. You know, so I asked Dan just to come and maybe share a little testimony, and then whatever is on his heart, and then we can just interact together this morning. Cool. So go for it. Well, thanks for uh, thank you for having me. Uh, is that mic on? No. Oh, you gotta get it on green. See, nobody there told me I had to actually turn the mic on. <laughs> Probably be yeah. helpful. Yeah. Uh, yeah, thank you, thank you for having me, and and you're actually uh, you and 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 a lot of people at this church are part of this this testimony. And, and man, it's wild that you invited me to come here today. And as you're, as you're speaking about the end of, uh, of Jonah here in, in chapter four, uh, boy, I, I can really relate to Jonah <laughs> yeah. big time. Yeah. Uh, especially as I was, it's funny, as I was praying and, and, and considering and meditating on, on um, a testimony of mine last night, uh, one, one thing that God made really clear to me uh, and, and continues to make clear to me is that he, he is not as concerned with our circumstances as he is with the state of our hearts. Yeah, amen, brother. You know, and, and we see that here with Jonah, that, uh, you, you know, Jonah continues to, to seek God to, to fix, to, to make easier his path, his circumstances, the yeah. challenges he's up against and, and what God's called him to. Um, and yet those, those are the things that aren't most, they're not unimportant to God, but they're not yeah. what's most important. Yeah. You know, God wants to love Jonah just like he did the Ninevites, but, um, but he really wants Jonah to have a change of heart mm. uh, about how he sees God. And, and I was going to share this, this quote this morning. Yeah, man, uh, listen carefully to this quote. Wow, and this, this is amazing. Yeah, this I just found the other day and shared it with Steve before we, uh, before we met this morning, and it was like, wow, that's, we got to share this. Yeah, absolutely. So this is uh, from uh, Nikolai Vlamirovich. I don't even know. Am I saying that? I don't know if I'm saying it right. And maybe we could post this on the Facebook page. If your heart has been softened either by repentance before God or by learning the boundless love of God towards you, do not be proud with those whose hearts are still hard. Mm. Remember how long your heart was hard and incorrigible. Oof. Yeah. That fits perfectly <laughs> into this Jonah. What a great quote, right? Tying into the end yeah. of this Jonah series. Yeah. You know? um, gosh. Lord, Lord has a way of just tying all these things together, and I yeah. just I love that about him. It's awesome. And uh, so uh, a, little, a little, I guess, snapshot or, or overview of, of my testimony. We, we moved up here from the Denver area about six and a half years ago, and... Uh, really felt at the time that we were we were following a calling of God that, that He had put on our hearts to uh, to leave what we had there and, and transition to life up here, um, and yet that was a really uh, and, and this is an understatement a really rocky transition. Um, 
I think that, I think like Jonah, that while we were following God and following Jesus into this calling, uh, we were also running from other things. Mm. We, we were running from things that, uh, that God was trying to call out of our hearts. Uh, we were trying to actually silence those things while following him. And so that's, that's quite a paradox that we can experience. Yeah. And within like a month into the, into the journey and into the transition up here, um, we as a family and me personally, I'll speak more for myself, uh, was completely bankrupt. Mm. Uh, and, and when I say bankrupt, I mean, I, I do mean financially. Those things were, were dwindling quickly. Um, but also um, marriage, uh, a breakdown of our, of our marriage, friendships, relationships, career, uh, my own mental health, uh, my self-confidence, and just really feeling like I made a mistake. And even a little bit relating, again, relating to Jonah, being, being a little upset and angry and frustrated at God in, in that moment. And, and when I read this line out of 4-4, the Lord replied, is it right for you to be angry about this? I just, it, 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 it really, it cuts to my heart, but it also, it makes me chuckle a little bit now, uh, looking back on it and, and thinking, you know, what, I was just so off course in that um, because I, I was only half-heartedly, I think, following God. And, and I think that that was more of a, I think my, my expectation was one of more of like a transactional relationship with God, right. you know, that I'll do for you, you do for me. Right. We show up here, we find ourselves in a, in a position of breakdown. Yeah. And it's like, I, I'm doing what you called me to do, what you asked me to do. Yeah. And, and, and I look, again, looking back now, feeling like God saying, um, yeah, you're, you're not all in. You're, you're really not all in. Um, and I was too, again, focused more on our circumstances mm. that led to all those breakdowns than I was the, the heart change that he was looking to me for. Yeah. Mm. Um, but, but here's the thing. I think that, you know, through that process of breakdown, one thing I, I, I learned through other breakdowns in my life was the importance of, of community mm. and connection and relationships and, and being humble. And, uh, and, and, and that's where, where, where you and, and some other, some other, I could go just down a list, Chris Henderson, um, you know, Dan Bosco, just a lot of people yeah. journeying with me, praying into my life and, and, and me really feeling like I have got to be humble through this. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm not going to hear from God. Um, if, if I stick to this mindset that, uh, that he's done me wrong and, mm -hmm. and I feel angry towards him in the yeah. situation, uh, I need to, I need to remain open for what else was going on. So, yeah. uh, through that, he began to open, open my eyes, uh, through these relationships. And, uh, again, I, and I've said it before, just to thank you for, yeah. for your so, support through that no. and your encouragement, yeah. uh, really, uh, meant, means everything. Mm -hmm. it, it means everything. Mm -hmm. Um, but through that, I think my, my eyes beginning to be opened about, about the issues of my identity and, and who God created me to be and what he wanted me to do. And uh, so then about, yeah, it's, it's been about five years that, uh, that, that the Lord created Trailhead Christian Counseling awesome. out of this church, which uh, over five years, and I'm, I'm so humbled by this, has now spread to seven different churches in the valley awesome. over the course of five years. And uh, I, I get to work alongside uh, some of just my greatest friends mm. and colleagues, these other counselors that God has built up in this ministry, awesome. um, these incredibly gifted people, mm. um, Allison, Heather, 
Chad, uh, London, who came on recently, uh, just these amazing people. And now we're meeting, you know, once a month, if, well, usually a little more than that over Zoom, like a lot of people are, and, and chatting and praying for each other and encouraging each other. And, and I look back and I think, this, this is what God wanted to do the whole yeah, time. And I was stuck thinking he wanted to do something else. I had a mindset that, mm-hmm. I, that I knew what he was up to. And, uh, and, and that kept me trapped for quite a while. Yeah. Uh, so I couldn't transition from the place of breakdown to a place of breakthrough Mm. because like Jonah, I was holding on to what I thought God wanted Mm. to do, you know? And, um, and so we have a couple of choices when we, when we find ourselves in this place of of breakdown and, Mm. and, and hopefully achieving a a breakthrough to a point of, of then breaking out, which is what we all want. We want to break out of the old and into the new, um, we have a couple of choices in, in that moment of breakdown. Uh, we, can, we can cling to, to what we think we know and just hold that and have a closed mind, yeah. <clears throat> uh, pretending like we know exactly everything that's going on and what God's up to and being angry and upset and, yeah. and, and bitter about it. Uh, we, can, we can put our shoulder to the plow, so to speak, yeah. and right. just try and hammer through it with our own strength and our own might. And, and that may work, but it, it will also bring a lot of pain. Yeah. Um, yeah. Or, we can, or we can be humble. Yeah. Uh, we can be humble before God and say, we, we, I, I trust that you know better than me yeah. what's going on right now. Yeah, I think you've answered the question I want to ask now. But I, I just, I just want to emphasize, I, I have to believe there's, there's some people watching right now that, that are completely where you're at. They're along this spectrum of they're, they're, the breakdown is happening. And they're waiting for the breakthrough, yeah. you know, and, and they long for the breakout, right? And, uh, and just your story, you're right, is I just want to say, gang, it, listen to this testimony. God is good. And when you go through this process, and, and, and I'm going I'm to let you answer this, is look what God does. It's, it's amazing, right, um, in this process for this. So what, what would you say? I think we have a lot of people just get stuck in the breakdown. How do we, you know, and maybe lead into what some things that you all are doing to invite people into. How do we get to that breakthrough? Yeah. So that, that examination of, of the heart, that's what we're talking about. And, yeah. and the openness to receive, which is what, what I struggled through and, yeah. and obviously what Jonah struggled through. Absolutely. Um, we, we, have to, we have to trust in the body of Christ because yeah. that's a gift. Yeah. The, the church as the body of Christ. We want to be, we want to receive compassionate direction uh, like Jesus gives it. Yeah. And how do we receive that? We do it through his body. Awesome. You know? And so for me, a couple of things that showed up were um, I needed to deal with, with the enemies that I'd been fighting, the enemies of yeah. my heart. Yeah. You know? And, and it's interesting. Uh, I, I wrote a couple of scriptures down here that uh, when, when the Psalms and, and, a, and a lot of the, the scripture here refers to, um, you know, asking God to fight our enemies. Yeah. You know, really, a lot of us don't have real true enemies who are out to uh, steal, kill, right. and destroy, like, our homes, our families, things like that. Right. The enemies that we're fighting are the enemies of the heart. Yeah. The things that are inside of us that we're believing, right. the lies, the falsehoods, um, the distractions, mm. the, the, the circumstances right. that, that we're clinging to, these things are enemies. Yeah. And so... We're inviting people into a time to examine those things and say, what is it that's keeping you trapped in your mindset? Yeah. Because once you can start to 
understand those and what God's revealing through mm. those things, mm. uh, you can start to achieve breakthrough. Yeah, and, and so I'm, I'm going to read three really quick scriptures that, that um, I, I, want, I want these to be heard with, with new ears. Mm. You know, when, when we talk about the enemies, think of these as enemies of the heart. Psalm 143.12, and in your loving kindness, cut off my enemies and destroy all those who afflict my soul, for I am your servant. Mm. Cut off my enemies, right? Paul talks about the circumcision of the heart. Which was that? That was Psalm 1? Psalm 143.12. Great. Luke 19.27, but these enemies of mine who do not want me to reign over them Bring them here and slay them in my presence. Mm. Mm. Asking God to slay the enemies of the heart. Yeah. Whew. That's good. Zephaniah 3.15. Love this one. Yeah. The Lord has taken away his judgments against you. He has cleared away your enemies. The King of Israel, the Lord, is in your midst. Mm. You will fear disaster no more. Yeah. It's awesome. Right? So as we, as we begin to start to understand that the greatest enemies that we are fighting are not in our circumstances, they're yeah. not in the external, they're in the internal, we start to achieve breakthrough. Yeah, it's fantastic, bro. It's great, man. Thanks for sharing. Real quick, uh, Brian, anything, any questions or anything we want to, uh, that we haven't addressed here before we start to wrap up? Good? Gang, I, I want to just... Uh, just end with a couple things, and Derek and Dave, you can come up. But uh, continue this this conversation. Uh, um, text things in. Dan can will continue afterwards. He will he will d- directly address your questions and follow up. Um, folks, look to Trailhead uh, TrailheadCounseling dot com. Trailheadchristian dot com. Trailheadchristian dot com. Um, they've got some amazing offerings out there. As we always say, isolation kills. Community builds, right? And we right. need often we need all the resources of the church, right? We need the professional counselors, we need the pastors, right. we need the friendships, we need the community, we need all those things that God through the gifts through the Holy mm. Spirit have given us. And so I just want to put these out there. You might know someone who's desperately needs, right, some some help and maybe even professional help. Uh, I, I know Dan and his team, amazing. So take advantage of those resources. Brother, thanks for being here. It's awesome. Derek, y'all come on up. Thank you for listening to this message. To hear other messages or learn more about Crossroads Church, visit our website at ccaspen.com.